Welcome to this episode of Why is the World? I'm your host, Miles, and with me is my co-host, Sevi. Hi, everyone. So this podcast aims to introduce you to different cultures, areas, geographies, and debates from across the world. Um, however, in this episode, we'll be doing a little bit differently, so I'll let Miles get into that. Uh, so we're actually going to be talking about, or the, the question is going to be, why is the Caspian Sea shrinking? Uh, we'll also introduce you to the Caspian Sea, so you don't need to do any research or you don't need to look up anything. You can just switch this on and we'll, we'll bring it all to you. Uh, it's a little bit different because we're not going to be quite covering a political entity, which is, you know, what we, we have done probably a bit more of. Um, yeah, so instead of covering like a place or a city with lots of like politics and uh, demographics and stuff like that, this is like a body of water, which is slightly different, but we don't want to box ourselves into like a specific category. Um, yeah. but Ironically, you've tried to avoid going into political situations, but we could actually get even even more political with uh, somewhere that's a, a dividable line between others, but we'll, we'll Thank get you for those. stealing my thunder. I totally wasn't about to explain that, Miles. Uh. <laughs> How many times does that happen to me when Sevi just swoops in and looks like the hero after I set him up so perfectly intending yeah, for myself? Or, or more like I just take your stuff. Um, anyway, so, I, Miles, do you have any like preconceived notions about like why the Caspian Sea is shrinking? Did you know it was shrinking? Uh, so actually I didn't know it was shrinking. Uh, I knew that, so there's a sea further to the east called the Aral Sea, mm -hmm. and I know that's going through some major shrinking problems, but you know, we'll take this one episode at a time. Uh, I assumed that the Caspian Sea, sorry, uh, when I found out that it was shrinking, uh, my, my instant reaction was the climate crisis right uh due to you know warmer weathers so there's more evaporation of a body of water and and you know that sort of escalation that was just my instant reaction uh i'm fairly fortunate because i do know this area probably through a theoretical perspective not a personal perspective uh you know i, I read books on sort of this area um you know i absolutely enjoy reading about this it's quite a so it sounds like you're saying you like this area a lot and you wish you could go, but you haven't been yet. Correct. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. My, uh, my yeah. initial thoughts were similar. I also was like, oh, I bet like climate change, warming, more evaporation of the lake or of the Caspian Sea. Um, and it also made me think like there's lots of lakes in like, and, and we'll get into how there's lots of different climates around the lake, but when I think of the Caspian Sea, I probably think of it more from the perspective of like the, it's a desert lake. It's around some deserts. And I'm like, I, it makes me wonder like how lakes even survive in deserts. Um, in a it's huge it's way. really important to to just say that this is such an underrepresented area in our experiences. You know, we both live in westernized countries, yeah. uh, particularly English speaking westernized countries, the UK and the US. So we are fairly, as a country, fairly oblivious to the, the Caspian Sea in terms of geography and beauty and and even to to extend some of the p political issues that happen over there. No, totally. And it's really interesting. I, I have a very like spatial mind. And for me, I can see all aspects of the world and navigate them pretty easily in my mind. And this area with like the Caspian Sea is like a lot more difficult for me to wrap my head around because it is almost in some ways the farthest from my understanding and from my experience, which is what I think you're yep. getting at. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to introduce the listeners to 
the Caspian Sea. Do you want to tell us what it is and uh, where it is located? And, and I'll help you out if you want. Yeah, definitely. So the Caspian Sea um, is in Central Asia. It's almost a border and border between Asia and Europe in a huge way. Um, so it's bordered by several countries. I'll let Miles get into that a little bit. Uh, okay, so it's bordered by five countries. Uh, and they are Iran, Azerbaijan, Russia, Kazakhstan, and Turkmenistan. Okay. Uh, out of all of those, actually, Kazakhstan has the longest coastline with the Caspian Sea. And that's along the north, right? So that would be on the northeast. Okay. Because Russia has um, a large inlet into the, the Caspian Sea, which, you know, we will talk about later on it's quite hard to talk to the cast about the caspian sea without mentioning russia's rivers yeah um so it's a big place it's humongous it is the largest inland body of water in the world and so in other words it's the largest body of water that is completely surrounded by land that is like an ocean because it's more like the ocean yeah. surround the bodies of land and this like is completely water surrounded by land it's four and a half times bigger than the Great Lakes in the U.S. And the Great Lakes are like the second biggest. Uh, like I, th I think like the they're, they're, I this isn't completely right. But if you look at the number of like the size of lakes, Great Lakes, there are five lakes. They like make up the number like the, they make they take up the top like seven lists. But Caspian Sea is still like at the number one in terms of inland bodies of yeah. water. By a long way as well. Yeah. Um, I think it, I saw a fact that it's like 42% of the water of like lakes in the world. And that almost seemed unbelievable to me. But Especially when you've got like Canada and, um, and Scandinavia, which is so, you know, there's so many lakes around there. But um, let, let's talk more about the Caspian Sea and say, and how, how big is it actually? Um, I have here that it's actually about the same size as Japan in area. Yeah. And to give you another country that's like humongous, Norway is the same size. Um, and Japan's a little hard to understand because it's so long and skinny, but like Norway, like it's also long and skinny, but it's a little bit more like of a mass together. Um, a a and little for, bit. Yeah, so it's about uh, 143,000 square miles. Yeah, that, that's about 370,000 kilometers squared. Yeah. Um, um, is there any way we can relate this to a, perhaps a US state? Yeah, so Montana is a little bit bigger than the Caspian Sea. So imagine Montana, like turn it 90 degrees on its side and you get the Caspian Sea, although maybe a little bit less boxy and a little bit more round like a, a body of water is. Yeah, that's big. Montana's a big state. Yeah, it's the fourth biggest state in the US. <laughs> it's no Alaska, but yeah. like it's still a lot of a lot of water in the middle of Asia. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, it's quite a, a long and skinny. It's not that skinny, but it's it's definitely um, stretches from north to south a lot further than it does from east yeah. to west. Tell us more about that. Um, so one of the things we can look at is um, the shape of um, the the Caspian Sea. If you if you separate it into sort of three distinct parts, mm -hmm. um, where you've got a northern part, a middle part, and a southern part. Um, so the northern part would be the part that borders uh, Kazakhstan and Russia. Uh, and then the middle part borders uh, Turkmenistan to the east and Azerbaijan to the west. Okay, like the southwest. So, 
and yes, west. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna call that sort of the middle okay, section. Uh, so the northern section does actually stretch probably a bit higher. We might because it's uh, a lot less shallow. Okay, but I'll, I'll we'll get to I'll that. I'll describe that a bit. Yeah, and then the the southern part is where uh, it borders Iran. So on the north side of Iran, and that's actually the deepest part as well. Okay, so it sounds like the top of the lake is very shallow. I think it's around like five meters, six meters deep. And then the bottom of the lake actually gets super deep. In fact, I think it's like the second deepest uh, like yeah. inland body of water in the world. I think it's the second deepest uh, continental um, depression. depression. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that, that sounds better. And the largest is a lake in uh, Russia. For... That's Lake Baikal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's about a thousand meters deep. So that's uh, like that's very, like ocean very deep. hard. To... This is like ocean deep. Yeah. This isn't like um, fault deep, like where the like, let's say uh, where there are bo- areas of land and continents that are lower than sea level. This is like much deeper than that. Yeah. And, you know, it's very hard to visualize a thousand meters deep. So uh, I'm not, I'm not going to try, to be honest. You just need to know that it's very deep. Um, one of the things that's actually that raises a question is, you know, why is it so, how does it form? How did it come about? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Um, so it was actually uh, part of the ancient uh, parentheses sea. Did I say that right? No. Uh-huh. Parentheses are like brackets. How, how do you pronounce it? Um, would it be parathethes? That sounds right. Yeah. So the parathethes sea, imagine the Mediterranean, but bigger and stretching into more of Europe and literally surrounding the Alps. So the Alps are like islands in some ways. Um, and this was when the land was lower and the seas were higher. And over time, sea level like has fallen down. Um, and this is around the Jurassic era, right? And uh, since then, land has kind of moved up. Uh, land mo- has moved around a lot. Um, and then uh, the Parenthetes Sea um, basically shrank and left what is now like the Mediterranean, the Aral, and the Caspian Sea, which is not no longer connected to the ocean. Yeah, so actually... The sea floor of the Caspian Sea is a, um, it's made of basalt, which is essentially what you need to know is the floor of the Caspian Sea is the same as an ocean's yeah. seabed. It's the same geologically, it's geology. Yeah. 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 Uh, which is surprising because it is in a landlocked area, but that's, that's sort of, um, you know, one of the little scorecards that you could say that gives it credit for being a sea. Um, which brings us on to that next question, which is, it seems to be landlocked on all sides. Right. What's the definition of a lake and what's the definition of a sea? So I'll tell you... You might be able to see where we're going yes. here. <laughs> so I'll tell you the definition and you tell me if you think it applies to the Caspian okay. Sea. So we got... A lake is a body of water that does not feed into an ocean and is generally landlocked on most of its boundaries. I'd say it. Yes, it. Yes, it beats that. And if you look at like the largest lakes in the world, the Caspian Sea is usually in the top spot. So a sea is a large body of water in surface area and depth, but not as big as an ocean. <laughs> okay, what's an ocean? So, and I think that's what's interesting. It's like, like I love how these these uh, definitions are, but not quite as big as an ocean. Like it's very vague, right? And I think that goes to like humans want to put everything in like nice categories and like 
there's always going to be things that kind of like stretch those boundaries and Caspian Sea is a good example of one. Um, I would personally say an ocean is, well, we know what the oceans are, like the Antar the Atlantic, the Antarctic, the Indian. They're huge bodies of water that um, are mostly collective, that are take up the whole globe. Uh, see, even ocean's hard to come up with a definition for. I didn't pull that up uh, ahead of time. Okay, so I would I would say that you know there's so many confusing things about an ocean because technically it's all one body of water, right? You right. can sail throughout the the Atlantic. You can go all the way round whichever way you want through another ocean mm -hmm. to get to another ocean. You can go from the Atlantic to the Indian to the Pacific. So I think we're going to have to park that to one side and perhaps bring that back for another episode at a later date. That does sound like a good episode. The, the, but for now, would you say the, um, the Caspian Sea fits the definition as a large body of water in surface area and depth, but not as big as an ocean? Yes. So in a lot of ways, like, this is a sea and a lake, and you're like, oh, but they're, like, it's two separate words here. They can't be both. Well, like, this is the point. Like, they straddle lines. And straddling lines is a good segue to something we'll talk about in terms of the politics later in the episode. Yeah. Okay. So what more do we, do we have to cover in terms of the, perhaps the physical geography? Um, did you come across, like, the salinity of the Caspian Sea at all? I did, yes. Um, that's... Yeah, we can talk about that. So yeah, so I I got it was like about a third of the world's o the Earth's oceans. Um, obviously when like it was part of the Parentithes Sea, um, it was probably a lot more salty and was probably the same consistency as the ocean. Um, but over time, um, it has become uh like le more fresh water, less salt water. Um, uh, and there are still different parts of the lake actually are different salinities, but on average, it's about a one third. Yeah, so I was just going to add on to that because we've we've already introduced the idea that I have very different behaviors at the north side of the um, the sea mm -hmm. and the south side of the sea. There's a, a gradient with uh, the average sea sea depth, mm -hmm. uh, as we saw. You know, it was five to six meters in the at the north, and it was almost a thousand meters in the south at the deepest point. Uh, mm -hmm. So it has a clear gradient on it. Um, it actually has that same gradient for salinity okay, as well. Okay, I didn't know that. In that it is, it is more fresh water in the north than the south. Uh, the, the south is much more saline, mm -hmm. um, which, because it's also been there a lot longer, because it's much deeper. Okay, that makes sense. And I and all, um, I've heard yeah. like one of the rivers that enters in through the south also is like ten times saltier than the ocean. So it's like it's bringing a lot of salt into the into the body okay um that's news to me so that's very interesting he, he, the, we also like i think we're missing something big which is this is um uh it basically has no out outflow uh because it's a depression all the rivers go into it there's no body of there's no water that is exiting it and i think that's important to understand for like why is the caspian shrinking because if there's no body of water that kind of like yeah. leaves it and yeah we'll get into the like the there's some nuance to that um i yeah why, like, why is it shrinking? Yeah, so just to sort of pull it back to give a bit more of a description, probably about the surrounding areas mm -hmm. that I find, I find quite amazing is, uh, you know, ask people to picture what the Caspian Sea is in their, their head. They probably have a, a preconceived idea whether that is, you know, the, the oil industry or the desert in the north. Um, but actually, 
In terms of biomes, uh, it has so many biomes uh, surrounding the Caspian Sea. You've got, um, so in the north, you've got the, the Eurasian Steppe. Mm-hmm. What's that mean? Um, which is, so it's a biome where, so do you know the Mongolia where it's these big, long, almost like a grassland? Yes. Uh, very windy. It gets it's almost desert-like in its temperature. But it's more grassy it's than very sandy. Cold yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's like the the steppe in that that northern part. You've got this uh, river basin, and uh, we'll probably talk about this. Maybe I should just state the obvious right now. So one of the largest inflows to the sea is the Volga mm-hmm. River, which comes from uh, Russia. It's Europe's largest river. Uh, but that actually creates sort of a marsh bed, swampy area okay. in the north, the northwest. As that joins up with the Caspian Sea. Exactly. Yes. Is it almost like a delta, like the way it kind of flows yeah, in? Yeah, it okay. is. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then further down on the west side, uh, you have the Caucasus Mountains, which are incredibly high. Um, I think on their highest points in which is actually over nearer the Georgian side, near the Black Sea. That's, I think, about 5,000 meters high. So uh, in a crude estimate, that's about 15,000 feet. Um, and and then down on the southern part of the Caspian Sea, so obviously it gets warmer as you go further south in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, you also have um, forests and uh, a lot more humidity due to these forests. Um, so along the top of Iran, you have a mountainous stretch um, with, again, very high mountains. Um, what do these mountains the look like? City. Are they like treed? Are they like deserty? Um, well, they, they go up to a snow level. Okay. Um, and so it's just outside Tehran, okay. um, which has huge mountains in the backdrop of it. I want to say that they are probably about 5,000 meters, I think, the, the highest mountain in that uh-huh. area. Yeah, that is quite large. Uh, but but that, that will also cause a, uh, you know, and it, it will trap rain clouds. So it forms its own right. um, humidity. And, and um, I don't think they're tropical rainforests, but they are warm yeah. forests that do collect a lot and, of rain. And that so, is usually pretty uh common like when you have mountains that go up it actually there's more forestation because it's able to trap more water on top through the use of snow because water rain goes away really quickly but snow can stay long enough to like sustain life or plant life. and then on the east east coast in turkmenistan you have a desert biome as well okay so it's so you have you have so would you say it's fair to say that besides taking a long time to walk around the whole coast of the caspian sea um you would see lots of different like biomes and cultures and like as you went all the way around from like city to from city to desert to like uh, mounds to marsh to um, even icebergs um, in the north. Yeah, exactly. In the winter, you do get icebergs. It does freeze. Um, Yeah, it's really different in its um, climates, which also impacts the cultures of people that have lived there historically and even today. As, as you would expect. So just one other thing to add to that is in the middle of the Caspian Sea from the west side, there is a peninsula with a large wealthy city on it 
called Baku, which is the capital of the country of Azerbaijan. And there are many cities along the Caspian Sea, but Baku is definitely the biggest. And it's kind of unique in that like three sides of it are the Caspian Sea, right? It's kind of on a peninsula that goes into the, it's like central to south uh, western part of the Caspian Sea. It's got uh, about 5 million people. So on a global scale, it's about the same size as Melbourne or Sydney. Yeah, big, big place. Is there anything you want to add on uh, that isn't physical geography that has to do with the Caspian Sea before we move on to the question? Uh, I probably want to give it a little bit of a teaser about Baku, actually, because uh, just from a travel perspective, uh, what would you expect if you went to Baku? Um, it has it has some really significant sites. Uh, it has the Flame Towers, very iconic. Uh, it has three of these uh, glass modernist buildings glass and steel buildings that um you know they're a real icon of the city uh they call it the land of fire in azerbaijan that's what, one what, of their where tourism does that, slogans where does that come from are you do you know uh i don't know i could have a guess that it comes from their oil but okay. I, I don't know um maybe that would we, we can leave that for a, another episode that's a good segue though to the fact that the caspian sea produces a lot of oil um in fact it used to be like one of the largest producers in the world. Now it accounts for probably, uh, I, I, this is an older statistic, like about 10 years old, but it was like 1% of global output. So it's like, it's significant, but not like inordinate. Um, yeah. At, at its height, it produced 70% of the Soviet Union's And this is the uh, Soviet oil. Union we're talking about. So yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. It, the other big industry is caviar, I saw. There's like quite a lot of uh, marine life and caviar, especially like, I, I, my, uh, I know somebody who's Russian who lived in Russia, like not even that recently, um, in the nineties, he talked about the like massive amounts of caviar that you could get from down by the Caspian sea. Yeah. So just to, just to say on, um, Baku, because it has this oil wealth, um, it has these really modern buildings, you know, it has, um, a museum that's designed by Zaha Hadid, who's, uh, incredibly renowned architect it's really beautiful and um, they have the old city as well and and it's a real mix of that that you know that really wealthy modern um structures combined with the the old city um mosques and and town that's so cool um, like buildings yeah it, it's really beautiful um it's somewhere definitely on my list um, what is so, what isn't on your list, Miles? <laughs> what isn't on my list? Everywhere I've been so far, I'm joking. <laughs> Even the places you've been, you want to go back to. But yes, um, that, no, it's definitely, like you said, that area of the world is much more unknown. And I think more people should go visit places like Baku. Um, okay, so let's go on to answering the question of why is the Caspian Sea shrinking? Uh, so I actually wanted to take this to a mathematical perspective. Uh, and we can come up with a very simple equation for water volume change. Okay, I just wanted to say the inflow minus the outflow is equal to the water volume change. That's that's quite obvious. You know, how much water goes in minus how much goes out equals the water volume change. Now, we're going to take the Caspian Sea, for example. And I'd say, how does the Caspian Sea get its inflow of water? Two ways. Through rivers. And precipitation. Yeah. And, and how does it outflow? 
There's only one way. Evaporation? There's only one way. It's just through precipitation. As you mentioned before, where it's this... You mean evaporation? Yes, sorry. I have written down evaporation, but on the line above, I still have precipitation, so I read that up. <laughs> yes, no, the, 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 those two words are similar, and they mean opposite things, so I understand. Yeah. Easy yeah. confusion. Does not rain in the sea. Can I clarify, please? It rains upward. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so the inflow is those rivers and the precipitation minus the evaporation that's happening on the surface. So... Uh, do you want to add anything to that? Um, no, I think that's a really good way to mathematically do it. I did it a slightly different way, which is I looked at the um, height change of the Caspian Sea um, due to precipitation, evaporation, um, and runoff, um, which is basically like rivers kind of going in into the body of water. So I, I did it similar, but looked at change in height as opposed to change in volume. Okay, um, did you, so do we want to tackle uh, the river inflow to start with, since that's the, the biggest part of the yeah, inflow of it? Yeah, first, I think we, let's first get the overall equals equation, so we understand, like, okay, why is the Caspian Sea shrinking? Let, let's first, that begs the question, how much is it shrinking? Like, and I got about 7 centimeters, or about 2.8 inches of, the, of water level each year each year since 90, 1996 has been what it's been decreasing. Um, so it is clearly shrinking. The question is right. It, it is shrinking. Um, but now we can like kind of get into the why through what you're talking uh, through those individual changes that you're talking about. So uh, take us away. Uh, so the first thing is to consider the uh, those three parts that we've mentioned. And I thought we'd first tackle the, the river inflows. So that's, okay. um, you know, how does the Caspian Sea gain water level, essentially? Um, mm -hmm. And there's three big rivers that feed into the Caspian, and they are the Volga, the mm -hmm. Ural, and the Terek. Okay. They all come from the north. Um, Which makes sense, because Russia's got, like, all the land area and that watershed. That watershed... Is that right? Water... Yeah, I think watershed goes into the Caspian yeah. Sea. So just a, a quick something. We're going to mainly concentrate on the Volga River. Um, the Volga River, I think, supplies about 80% of the water to the Caspian Sea. Um, That's a lot. <laughs> yes, it is a lot. Yeah, it's the largest river in Europe, and it has a huge catchment basin in in Europe. Um, to, to answer sort of where it goes, actually, I think it loops above Moscow. So the, how does the Volga River get its water? It's predominantly through precipitation again. Uh, and because it just has such a large catchment area in Europe, uh, that's essentially what makes the biggest changes to the inflow of the Caspian. It's just the rain in Europe. And... In, in that part of Europe. In that part of Europe, which is the, the yeah. north northeast side of europe so it's actually all in yeah. russia pretty much the catchment yeah. area so western russia yeah yeah which is actually okay. affected by north atlantic weather patterns and if i think anything about north atlantic i think gulf stream so uh i haven't got full information on that but it just is to do with something called the north atlantic mm -hmm. oscillations which is the weather pattern in in the north atlantic which is amazing to think 
how far away that is from the Caspian Sea. Yeah, it's basically all of Europe. All of Europe, like, west east. Yeah. But we describe the Caspian Sea as Central Asia. Mm-hmm. So the effects of the weather have such a big impact on something seemingly very far away. And I think that's amazing, but it's also the way, like, everything works around the globe, right? Everything kind of influences others. And there are different parts that influence others more, like like you're talking about how... Uh, the North Atlantic affects like the Caspian Sea more in terms of its water intake. Yeah, and and then um, so is is that everything you wanted to say on the river inflows? So yeah, two things. One, the precipitation over time has also decreased in this area um, year over year, um, and in fact, and there are underlying causes of that which we can talk about um well i'll put that on the back burner for now and then actually the evaporation has like doubled like m- more than twice the precip just like the participation has gone down like let's say by x amount the evaporation actually has gone up by 2x amount um so evaporation has considerably increased and um the geology report that i read or the geophysics report i read very clearly d- uh, connects this to just overall uh, warmer temperatures along the surface of the lake because that is the main factor which uh, allows precipitation because it, like the hotter air above it is more energetic so it allows more uh, precipitation or sorry uh, now I'm using precipitation it allows more evaporation or literally water vapor from the water to go into the warmer air because warmer air can hold more water than colder air yeah. that's why humid places are warmer yes yeah so that's um so that would say that perhaps the climate crisis and the warming of temperatures around the globe as an average is contributing to the an increased evaporation of the Caspian Sea, which is more than the inflow and the precipitation in previous years. And the precipitation has also decreased as a result of it being warmer. Is and there's the precipitation. Okay, if you yeah, say, no. Okay. So that's also so it's kind of like being hit on two fronts, um, in in some ways as mm-hmm. well, or I guess three because just yep. the runoff is also controlled by the precipitation, as you pointed out before. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I would argue if you look at the equation, evaporation has the largest outsized effect at the sh- of the shrinkage, um, compared to runoff yes. or rivers and precipitation. There we go. Yeah. So. Uh, I also wanted to... Does that line up with what you we... kind of had as well? Yes, it it does. Um, I wanted to just add a caveat and just say that the Caspian Sea has actually been lower. Yeah. And it has been smaller in the past. It was actually through the 20th century it actually went through a large growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was to, due to natural... Um, oscillations in the precipitation around Europe for the catchment area of the Volga River. So I saw that like it reached a low in like around 1970. Is that about right? Yeah. And then it yeah, went up dramatically right. up until like the 90s, and then since then has 90s, been yeah. dropping again. Yeah, yeah. But this is the first time that it's due to the evaporation. Mm-hmm. That it's shrinking due to the evaporation rather than a natural oscillation of 
the precipitation over and the rivers the and the watershed. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That makes that yep. makes total sense. And that's why they are actually worried about like why is the Caspian Sea shrinking as opposed to not being worried because of its natural oscillations. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. I so I'd like to point out like this actually shrinkage is bad. Um, like we talked about how there's there's shallow shallow water in the north. Um, like only like around five to six meters. This could potentially like create much more land around the Caspian Sea, and like lots of uh, flora and fauna um, would have a more difficult time. For example, there are seals, um, Caspian seals that actually like they, they they do their birthing and mating in the north along like the ice um, in that kind of colder climate. And if you think about if that's all shallow and the water goes down, the north is no longer as far north and as cold. And not to mention, we're already talking about like the average global temperature increasing. And in this area, it's all it is increasing because clearly evaporation is going up. It's it's an average in the world, but this mirrors the world in that in that degree uh, change. Yeah. What other uh, uh, implications did you find um, due to the shrinkage, if any? We can say the causes of this. Mm hmm. Uh, of the climate crisis is releasing CO2 into the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we can... You should state the obvious, Miles, because it's not always obvious. And as we have said previously in this episode, one of the main resources of the Caspian Sea is that they have huge oil um, and fossil fuel resources, Mm -hmm. so natural gas and crude oil, uh, which is, you know, burnt to produce... Uh, CO2, methane, and other greenhouse gases that actually contribute to the climate crisis. Yeah, and that has been proven beyond a reasonable doubt at this point. I wanted to just say that by also this sort of industry in the Caspian Sea is actually increasing a lot of pollutants as well. Mm -hmm. And the less water you have, the more concentrated those pollutants become. Okay. Which also adds to the fact that they're still, um, you know, increasing the industry levels in the area. So it's becoming more polluted, which is um, costing lives of animals, flora and fauna around the sea, which is, you know, not what we want. No, that is definitely a bad... So I think, I think from, from my point of view, this, uh, the shrinking of the Caspian, we have largely uh, confronted... Um, I just wondered to, if we could like tie up a few of those loose ends that we introduced earlier in the podcast, perhaps with the political lines, and maybe we could just talk a little bit about, essentially add a little question to the, the big question, and I thought it could be something like, uh, um, maybe, what's, why does... A, why does the Caspian Sea being a lake or a sea actually matter? I, I like that. And I, I, I can definitely start us out on that path and you can finish us up. And then I'd love to, even after that, maybe talk about like, it's shrinking. Do we solve the problem? Do we not solve the problem? And there's a, there's a, some interesting stuff about the future there. So um, we talked about, is it a lake? And I think we both agreed yes. And then we talked about, is it a sea? And we both agreed yes. And it's actually... The Caspian Sea has never been fully classified. So even as recent as 2018, an intergovernmental effort was to determine a status, like basically, like officially categorize it as a lake or a sea. Um, And it yielded no result. And part of this, the reason this is important is because 
a lake would allow certain would allow the borders to be drawn differently than if it was a sea. If it was the sea, it would be a lot more international and shared between the countries that surround it. Whereas if it's a lake, each country would be able to like almost claim a part of it. And that really changes how the rights work. But I'll let Miles explain it a little bit more depth and clarity. So, so a lake means that essentially you are able to choose the midpoint between yourself and another country and just draw a straight line uh, across, you know, until it meets that sort of equidistant point from that other country, um, from your border. So essentially all the borders are then drawn in the middle of the lake. And if you, you know, a simple way to think about it is imagine two countries and a lake between them, you would just divide the lake in half, right? Um, it's a little bit more complicated yeah. because there are many countries around the Caspian Sea. Okay. Yeah. But a C means that they are only allowed to claim um, 12 miles for uh, outside of their border. And I think it's another four miles from that okay. for fishing. It, 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 so it depends what it is, whether it's mineral rights, oil rights, all that different stuff. But yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. And then beyond that, beyond that, it's international waters. Which means anybody can use it and they can't dig up oil is quite as easily, correct? That's correct, yeah. Um, so there's a few political reasons as to why. I'll just do two of the countries because they're great examples of which one wants a lake and which one um, would want to see. Okay. So Iran in the south uh, would probably sit on the we want it to be a sea because it actually gives them more land um, than as a lake, which really? sounds counterintuitive, but it's because the two Turkmenistan and Azerbaijan would also meet in the middle and it would reduce that. So it sounds like because the lake is long and skinny north south and they're on the southern yeah. border, they get a smaller chunk of the pie, which is actually a really good analogy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the another country that would, you know, want it to be a lake is Russia. Uh, so two reasons why Russia would want it to be a lake. The first one is they get a bigger slice of their pie just by how the borders have worked out. And actually, politically, it means that the the body of water would not allow any other boats from outside of those five countries to be in the water. And currently there are US and NATO ships on the Caspian Sea. And without trying to make this a political uh, argument will just say for now that Russia perhaps don't want that. And, and I'd extend that a little bit further and like also by allowing it to be a sea and international, it actually allows more trade between uh, the different regions. And you might have a harder time with that trade if it was uh, if it was completely split up, split up as a lake. Um, so I would argue smaller nations might be more interested in it being a lake. You might ask, um, hey, what about the other uh, nations. Uh, so I'll just quickly say a little bit about the future here. Um, something that Azerbaijan and Turkmenistan really want is to have a pipeline between between them, an underground oil pipeline, so it can, or a seabed, I suppose, uh, that can go between the two. So then Turkmenistan and Central Asia could supply oil to Europe, which is obviously a big market. 
and for that it's um it's of their interest to have it have an agreement so that they can lie this pipeline along the the seabed okay that makes sense so I think we've sort of we've just sort of just covered about you know there are different countries have different opinions as to whether they want it to be a lake or a sea. Um, did you want to add anything um, to this? I no, I think that pretty much covers it. I think we answered the question as well. And then I, if you want to, I think one interesting thing is I saw that, and this is very preliminary. Like there are no official plans in the books yet, but I saw that there was potentially talk of a canal linking the Black Sea um to um to the caspian sea and the idea is the caspian sea shrinking by linking them up you kind of alleviate that because you connect it to the broader network of um the ocean but again like this is a very like open idea that hasn't been contemplated and it could potentially affect the caspian sea in multiple negative ways as well as reducing shrinking um because in thing in a lot of ways the ocean level is yeah. rising um, and the Caspian Sea is shrinking faster than the ocean level is rising, but the ocean level is also a lot, ocean's also a lot bigger. So, um, like, in some ways, it does solve the problem. Just from a, the political side of it, you mentioned that in 2018, there was a, the countries got together. What was their conclusion on that? So, it wasn't officially classified in that conclusion. Um Okay, they, the, all the countries came to an agreement, but they actually, they agreed... To disagree? They, like, agreed half of... Yeah, they agreed half of it, sort of thing. They, what, they agreed half of what? So they, they agreed... Um, they agreed a preliminary border, but didn't agree what they could do in the border, whether it was mineral rights. They just said, we'll sort that out at a later date. Okay. Sounds exactly so. like what uh, these types of panels and meetings have happen or do <laughs> you're just very cynical on certain things <laughs> um so did you want to just come back to why you know the, the caspian sea is shrinking what should we do about it i think the main thing and we explained like why is it shrinking it's shrinking because there's more evaporation why is there more evaporation it's because uh, to kind of go down the Y ladder, there's more evaporation because the temperature around the lake is higher. Why is the temperature higher? It's because global temperatures have increased. Why are global temperatures increase or warming? Because like we're basically emitting more CO2 that is trapping more um, warm air inside the globe as opposed to allowing it out to space. And that's purely through the use of us wanting more energy and getting more through burning fossil fuels. Exactly. Yeah. So is there is there anything else you wanted to mention about why is the Caspian Sea shrinking? Nope. Uh, I think that's pretty good. So, well, that's a wrap on episode number four. And please don't forget to subscribe to our Twitstagram uh, podcast, Why is the World? Um, so that's at lowercase podcast, Why is the World? And come along, uh, join the communities. We'll give you a bit of extra content. And, you know, we would love to hear your opinions about what questions we should do in the future. We will... We will always look at those and uh, and hopefully you guys will have some great suggestions for us. And if you find us or the or topics even remotely interesting, please subscribe on the app, whatever app you're using. So this has been your host, Sevian Miles. Uh, so normally we sign off with a, with a goodbye in a local language. Um, but we're at the Caspian Sea here. Yeah.
Unless uh, people live in the middle of the Caspian have... Sea, which unfortunately isn't the case. Um, there's not quite a language in of itself. So we have numerous languages to choose from, and I've actually chosen um, Farsi, which is from the country of Iran. Uh, so thank you for listening. Khodafes. And as they say in Azerbaijan, with the largest city um, on the Caspian Sea, Sadal.